Jeremy's Conrad, bureaucrat level grade 36, and you are listening to the Candair Podcast. Now stop it and get back to work. Welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Doherty. And returning to the show this week to talk about a book that we've talked about on the show before, episode 262, Fuhrer and the Tramp. My God, what a fun freaking book this was. I can't wait to talk more about it and all the changes that have uh, come with it. Mm-hmm. And it's been nominated for an Eisner mm-hmm. Award. Holy Shit. Yes. We welcome creators Sean McArdle and John Judy to the show. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hello. Hey there. It is great to have you guys here. We had a hell of a, a good time last time you guys were here. So <laughs> yeah, I think we talked a lot about what X-Men decks or something. Yeah, right? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. A keen memory on this one here. <laughs> I forgot that altogether. But in this week's Retro Roundtable, we're going to be talking uh, our pop culture crushes in, uh, in celebration, I guess, of Valentine's. Times Day as the holiday is upon us. Mm-hmm. So all of our little guilty pleasures will be aired right here for uh, all of you to hear. Tee hee indeed, Jack. Tee hee indeed. Then we're going to turn our attention over to Sean and John and talk more about Fuhrer and the Tramp and everything again it's uh, been up to as of late. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show your support, head over to patreon.com forward slash CandairPod, where for $5 a month, you can get access to the Canned Air Patreon pod. We've been doing that for over two years now. It's recorded once a month. So for $5, you get access to what? That's 20. I think we have 27 episodes yep. up there now. That's a catalog. That's you not can't a, listen to them all in a month now. Yeah, it's not fucking chicken feet. That's that's a lot. <laughs> it's at least right? two months you'd have to pay for it to get it all in. <laughs> yeah, so head over there and show your support. Anything else, Jack, before we move on? I think that's it for now. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Engage. I'll be back. Shut up! Shut up! All right, gentlemen, our our pop culture crushes. Jack, why don't we let uh, you kick it off? I was wanting you to go first. You want me to go first? All right, I can go first. I can go first. One of which you 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 were there to bear witness to. My some of my first crushes came from the Batman '66 television show. Uh, Yvonne Craig and Julie Newmar, which. Uh, you know, Bat, Batwoman and Catgirl, which I've had the, we both have had the pleasures of uh, meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Yvonne Craig on the show uh, right before she passed, and mm-hmm. we got to see uh, Julie Newmar, va va voom, at a con uh, a few years back in Cincinnati. But son of a bitch, man, I crushed on the both of them hard. Probably more so than <laughs> no, Julie Newmar, though. No Martha Kitt? Mm, no, nah, not so much. No. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. No, anytime no, it was any of the other cat women, I was like, where's Julie? You know? yeah. yeah, I didn't like how they changed the cat women. It kind of throws you off as a kid when you're getting used to one thing. Yeah, I mean, not that they uh, ever did anything bad. I like, I mean, they, you know, watching it as an adult moving past, you know, the hormones of a young child, <laughs> you can appreciate it for all it's worth. But then, yeah, I was about Julie. I think, uh, let's see, going back, the very first crush I had that way, the one that made me understand. Stand, um, you know, things in a different way was probably Carol Bouquet, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, not Eyes Wide Shut, uh, For Your Eyes Only, that James Bond. That is like the seminal James Bond to me, and mainly because of her. <laughs> he said seminal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, what I learned. That's what I was talking about. That's what I was alluding to earlier. I'm going to have yeah, to look uh, her up. I, I don't know. I'm not I, aware of her. It almost threw me off when he said Bouquet because I was thinking about the TV show, uh, Are You or. Uh, keeping up appearances, but her name is Hyacinth Bouquet. If you guys ever seen that show, Mm-mm. she's not. No, I think they, on. No, <laughs> she was the main Bond girl for me. Keeping up appearances is fine, but I like Are You Being Served Better, which is where you started yes, to go. Yeah, and, and that typical like in your brain, there's one file for British sitcoms, and so when you're trying to think of the name of a British sitcom, hello, hello, you don't know what you're going to end up with. But holy hell, what's her name? Wendy uh, Richards. Um, 
from Are You Being Served? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about uh, Crush when I was young? We catch those on PBS. Oh my, yes. What's your character's name? I don't Shit. even remember. It's been so long since I've seen that show, but yeah, talk about thinking of a crush. If I thought long and hard about it, I could come up with it, but I, I won't. That's, That's right. the only reason why I watched that show. Because I didn't find it funny yet when I was little watching it. It was only to watch her. He said long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping somebody would pick up on my long. Oh, long. yeah, it didn't go unnoticed for sure. <laughs> Now, I don't know her either. I want to. I want to see these people. Man. I, I have to look them up now. Yeah, you should watch. Are you being served? Just for seeing. Are you being served? But absolutely, for Wendy Richards, you should see it also. That's that's British uh, comedy, right? Yeah. Hmm. Oh God, it is the most British of British comedy. <laughs> like, like the reason they finally canceled it was British people were like, I don't know, it's a little British. <laughs> it's a, British it's humor too much for us. For me, is kind of like eating saltines without anything on them. You know, I mean, I like saltines; they're not bad, but it's not going to be my first choice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But uh, anyway, so, okay, we just got uh, John and Sean's picks there, correct? Yeah. All right. I'll go with Wendy Richards. Yeah, I'll go with Carol Bouquet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't worry. We're definitely coming back around. Jack, we're over to you. Okay, because I got plenty more. Okay, me too. I don't remember. I can't her believe last we've name. gotten this far. We haven't said Princess Leia or Carrie Fisher. Oh man, shut up! They're on yeah. my list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember her last name of the show, but uh, Kimberly from the Power Rangers. Oh fuck! How did that not make uh, my yeah. list? <laughs> That's the reason why I started watching yeah. the show, and then I mean, the content was actually in my wheelhouse just Fucking because of that. Boing. Oh, wow, we got an R2 unit over here. Well, he's, he knows about it. Too. <laughs> Sorry, that was my text tone. Yeah, the, the mic is working here, the ringtone's working. It's fantastic. <laughs> what was your last name in the show? Uh, help me, the R2. Kimberly? Oh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I keep wanting to say Snow, but I don't think that's it. I have no idea. Hmm. No idea. I don't. Tommy Oliver. Billy Cranston, because he was uh, yeah, in okay. lieu of Brian, Cranston, right? Or in honor of Brian Cranston, uh, Zach something and Trini. I don't, I don't something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But she was just Kimberly. the hot one. <laughs> no, it was cool when we uh, we got to remember we filmed her panel at Wizard World mm-hmm. uh, one year, and uh, I don't know. I, I just was kind of disenchanted after that. Panel oh, same here. Yeah, with her, I don't know. She's just a little over the top, a little into herself too mm-hmm. much, and up her own ass. So. I make my own movies now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very <laughs> hipster indie shit. I'd rather just not watch the young and on TV. She when she was like, her. my favorite creator is Zach Braff. I was like, oh, okay, no, that's right. <laughs> we fucking done. <laughs> All right. Um, who's next on my list? Here's one. That Jack, I know, will agree with me on. And I'm so excited because I think the same day this episode airs, we get more content of her Ahsoka Tano from Star oh, yeah. Wars. Yes. Goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Are you Star Wars fans? I, ima- I imagine you are. Well, you know, original trilogy. Yeah. I mean, All you know. All diehards here. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, the, my love for it got complicated. Yeah, same here. But there's always Rogue One. I mean, holy shit, there's always Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah, and then Mandalorian. I was really into Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, damn good, too. I don't think I was as into it as everybody else, and I certainly wasn't crushing on any of the characters. No, no, not Mandalorian now. Oh, Cara Dune was kind of (laughs) cool. Werner Herzog. Yeah, Werner Herzog. She's all right. She's too beefy for me. Werner Herzog gives me a big log. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like a woman who can kick your ass around the room, Jack? I don't know. That's not my go-to. Hmm. Well... Teach the fire, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but, yeah, no, Ahsoka Tano, uh, who you might, people might know from the Clone Wars and from Rebels uh, uh, Star Wars series, has been just an awesome character, an awesome character to see uh, grow. And I'm excited to see more because we're going to, again, get that, what, seventh season of the Clone Wars coming out? Uh, or yeah, is now, it is now? Yeah. Yeah. Or they're going to milk that shit out episode by episode. Yeah, they will. Yep. Bastards. I don't know why Ahsoka's on the list. Or why you like her so much? Because I couldn't stand her when I first started watching the series. No, I no, 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 no. no. When I first started watching the series, I hated her. It was the last two seasons I came to like her, and then I mm-hmm. really liked her in Rebels. Yeah. That's where I really grew to like her. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not not into that uh, that that pervy. <laughs> she was not too into younger. the fourteen year old. I liked it when she was older. <laughs> yeah, let's make that fucking clear right now. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, back over to either Sean or John. I think I'll go with Elizabeth Shue from Karate Kid. <laughs> oh wow, that's a good pick. Mm. Damn, I didn't even think about her. She has been cute for years, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah that, she that, that lasted from about, you know, 84 to all the way to, what was the uh, Nick Cage movie that she did? Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. yeah so, yeah, like, there's Las a good, Vegas. solid 10 years that Elizabeth, she was on my mind. She's a she cutie for sure. Cute. Also in The really? Saint, too, she was still pretty hot. She was in Back to the Future as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of them, not after the yep. first one. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. she uh, Adventures in Babysitting? Adventures in Babysitting. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yep. Holy shit, man. She's uh, infiltrated more in pop culture than I realized. <laughs> I like it. I like it. She's sneaky. Oh, and then the Hollow Man. She was in the Hollow Man also. Like the last and eh, marginally good Verhoeven movie. I forgot. That was uh, Kevin Bacon, Kevin, right? Yep. I yeah, saw that in yeah. the theater. Did you really? I did. That was a good. Uh, that was you, huh? <laughs> i remember i enjoyed that film though i it looks like they're doing it again in a different fashion invisible just man invisible man out. yeah still i want to see that one now too it looks pretty good it's creepy yeah the idea of uh, i thought it was gonna be like the chevy chase invisible man type story but no they what's put that the horror twist just the original remake of the invisible man just where you go around hollywood being a bigot and they start looking as you as as invisible (laughs) it's not just a bigot he's an unfunny bigot and that's an important (laughs) distinction there you go (laughs) but it's all right (laughs) okay who i liked him as is uh on a community that's the only time i liked him you know, that's funny oh, because yeah. it was shortly after that that I learned he was like a raging asshole, too. And I really enjoyed him on Community. He was funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as soon as you learn that about oh, him, yeah, he you, just, you immediately grow disenchanted with him. It's just like, Start understanding him as this oh. character and think, oh, that's really him. What a yeah. dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who would like to go next? I'll go next. I think John. Yeah, well, have, let's let John go next okay. to keep in sequence here. All right, now I feel like like Sean pushed me to the front of the the line at the gangbang, and uh, <laughs> it's I'm, not the first time. <laughs> and there's already a lot of pressure. Well, I don't have to tell you guys. There's already a lot of pressure. Everybody's looking at you when it's your turn and everything, and, and so that feels weird. Uh, but then I also feel like he's setting me up because there's a particular crush of mine that for some reason he wants me to bring up this one and and i say particular because i'm a horny guy let's be honest and uh i've always been a bit of a loser so uh horny finds outlet in popular culture fantasy um but my very first crush and i don't know if sean just thinks this is quaint or cute or or whatever but my very first crush you know other than my mom because my mom was hot but uh my very first (laughs) media crush well, she was. Shut up. It was. Yeah, she uh, was my first crush too. Yeah. See, uh, and we met when Sean was in his thirties, so that's a little <laughs> weird, but it's okay. Um, it's only a little weird because she was high, um, and she's been dead for four months today, which is even hotter. I don't know. Whatever. Look, uh, I had a crush on Olivia de Avalon, um, specifically her portrayal of uh, Marion in Robin Hood: The Adventures of Robin Hood. The one with Errol Flynn and directed by Mike Curtiz, because uh, there was a local um, kids show on Saturdays around here and that came out of the Cleveland area called Superhost. It was just the local weatherman dressed up in a really cheap Superman <laughs> costume pretending to be drunk. I don't know, maybe pretending. I don't know. But that was the shtick, that he was a drunk superhero who, instead of saving people, just watched old movies and talked about them and showed them to you. And so that's where I saw one Saturday morning after the cartoons were over, up came Adventures of Robin Hood, and I just thought, that woman's very pretty, and I like how I feel when I look at her. (laughs) (laughs) And she's, you know, she's in her hundreds now, but I think I'd probably still hit it. I think probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, if nothing else for the story, right? Because no one's going to top that the next time you're at a cocktail party. And I'm like, oh, I I went to school with Tom Petty. I'm like, I fucked Olivia de Avalon, and she's 105. That's a fucking Oscar winner. Multi-Oscar winner. Thank you. Thank you. you. uh, you And, you know, granted, maybe she didn't enjoy it all that much. Maybe it was a performance. But it was a great performance. (laughs) 
Anyway, who's next? <laughs> well, I'm, you know, thinking of Julie Newmar, you know, even as uh, as uh, old as she is, you know, I, I don't know if I could say no. How could you? How Come here, Jeremy. Oh, not easily. Not easily. It'd be hard. But It'd be really hard. What if you broke her hip? Like, no. I, yeah. I could never live with myself. <laughs> like, I killed her. It was my fault. I did it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Jack, which you I mean, got? that's what safe words are for. Yeah. <laughs> hip, hip, hip! <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. Mm. Until she did marry Jane in the Spider-Man movies. Then after that, it kind of Not interview with a vampire. Huh? Not interview with a vampire. No, no, she was a child then. No, God, God. Well, you did it to me with Ahsoka Tano, <laughs> God damn it. Throwing it back at you. I guess uh, she was always in the age range. Well, maybe she was a little bit younger, I guess. What do you? What else is she in? I don't. I can't. I just she really was in Toy Soldiers, the one with the 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 toys. Yeah, yeah. And she was in the second season of Fargo. She was still hot in that. She was amazing in that. I didn't watch that series. I heard it was great though. She was also in Jumanji. Oh, it's, it was the best out of the three. Some uh, There was some movie where she ended up becoming like a bad girl and getting almost the real sexual in the movie. I can't remember what it was. You didn't enjoy her as Mary Jane? No, I didn't was, like her. No? What about you guys? Did we like her as Mary Jane? Is that the question? Yeah, did you in, uh, like Kristen Dunst as Mary Jane in the Spider-Man films? Yeah. I mean, she's more of a Gwen Stacy, right? Yeah. But I still like Why not just call her Gwen Stacy? It'd been easier. They, they did that weird thing with uh, with her and was it uh, Ron Howard's daughter? Yeah. Oh, then uh, she yeah. played Gwen Stacy. Yeah, it was mm. quite odd how they yeah, did that's that. Right. Where it seems weird. like those two should have been flipped. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they should have been flipped. Yeah, I was never. But yeah, really, I thought she was fine. I was never, I guess, overly bowled over with her Mary Jane, but I never like disliked it ever or anything. Um, Maybe I don't the know. first. Yeah, it was charming. Yeah, it was okay. It was. Yeah. It was inoffensive. The first Spider-Man, I guess. I, maybe it was the third one when she was singing. That, that was. It was really no Vicky Vale, though. What's that? That's true. Yeah. What do you say? She's no Vicky Vale. Oh no, she's not. Yeah, definitely no Vicky Vale. <laughs> Heard that? That's my next one. Is Vicky Vale? <laughs> and another good pick. Holy shit! Okay, does anyone here, aside from you, Jack, have you guys uh, ever watched Samurai Jack? Did you watch the final season of Samurai Jack? I've never finished it yet, so but no. I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the cartoon. Yes. Is there a live action Samurai Jack? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what makes this so disturbing. No, I, I never watched. I mean, it's drawn like Powerpuff Girls style. So. <laughs> yep. Yet I yeah, find but... myself aroused. <laughs> <laughs> and it's supposed to be really great, and I'm not going to knock it because I've never, I haven't seen it. But I'll tell you why I keep meaning to get around to it. That guy, what's his name, Jendi, Jenny Tarkatov, or whatever yeah. his yeah. name is. He did, if you're fans, maybe you saw it, he did like a three-minute Popeye demo just to show what he would do with Popeye to try to get United Artists, or not United Artists, uh, King's Features to let him do a Popeye. Oh, wow. And when it fell through, we just, when it fell through, we just put it up on YouTube. It's it's the best Popeye since the original Fleischer Popeyes. It's terrific. So, you know, I'm not going to knock the guy until I try it. You know, the first, uh, how many seasons, well, I guess there are four seasons that came before that aired early 2000s, and I can't say I was big into it then, I just caught it here and there, but, um, you know, we were able to have Phil Amar on the show to promote it, so I thought, well, shit, we better start watching it, mm-hmm. <laughs> if we're going to be talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, damn, was did I get hooked? I was so hooked on it, but uh, in... In that final season, because it all runs together like one long story, right. but the other seasons are just, you know, one-off episode after episode. And uh, the seven uh, daughters of Aku are sent out to kill him. Right. And he kills off uh, six of them and captures the seventh and keeps her uh, captive. And during this time, they uh, end up falling in love with each other and ends up being a whole kind of a tragic ending there. But... Damn, if she wasn't fucking adorable. She was just something else. And yes, yes, she's drawn like Powerpuff Girl kind of animation, but what can be said? I've got a problem. I've got a problem. That's my number three, Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> well, it is back to you guys, so if that's your pick, we can talk Powerpuff Girls. No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mojo. <laughs> 
I would say what we were both talking the entire cast of Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, <laughs> man, no reference for a, a time for Jake oh, not to be here. Yeah, seriously, you know, Jake lived and breathed <laughs> Twin Peaks. Yeah, I'm oh, just gonna have to take me. your word for it. I'm yeah. afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Next, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember the frustration of the one actress, Sherilyn Fenn, did Playboy, and I remember the frustration of being thirteen, fourteen. I never wanted a Playboy as badly as I wanted a Playboy, and being convinced at the time that I would never ever be able to get it because you know, by the time I'm old enough, it'll be like really ancient, and how we ever find naked pictures of women once they're out of print. Uh, I, I, those fears turned out to be unfounded. Yeah, that was the end of my uh, emotional roller coaster. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was that both you guys, or I, I can't even remember now? Well, I, do you have another one? Well, I mean, no. Okay. Well, we could do it. <laughs> well, let's do one that everybody can relate to Kitty Pride. Oh, I did have it bad for Kitty Pride. Holy shit. Are you talking uh, like yeah. uh, the in the movies or just in general? No, John no, Byrne. Just the John Byrne Kitty Pride. <laughs> yes. Holy hell. I was so... And again, it was age appropriate because I was like, you know, nine or ten when I first saw her. So it was okay. It's not... It's like that weird, like uh, what you were saying about Chris... Uh, what's her name? Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, Dunst, right? Yeah. It, it's not... It, it, I feel like I have to explain to people because another one of my crushes is Christina Ricci. And when I tell oh, people, yeah. I shit, mine too, yeah. man. And when I tell them I first got hot for her in Adam's family, I have to explain like, no, 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 no. I was like one year older than her. It was okay. It was <laughs> yeah. fine that I was hot for her in Adam's family. That's perfectly acceptable. And I stick to that story to this day. I was hot for her what? in the movie Casper. And I, I was at the same age that time too. So not weird. <laughs> yeah. So I was hot for her in a black snake mode. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's the one where Samuel that? Jackson had her chained up. Oh right? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's whenever she had to like show show the world that she's a woman. Well, she had done that in Buffalo '66. Oh yeah, was that the first one? That's yeah, that was okay. that was before Black Snake Moon. You cut out there for a minute. Show the world she's a what? A she's woman. A, yeah, she's not a little oh, kid nah. anymore. You know, I'm not a girl. I'm a woman. She's not Wednesday. Now it's Friday, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man, I haven't thought about her in a long time. Mm. I saw a picture of her recently, and she's not as cute as she used to be. But I guess none of us are. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. <laughs> that was a really good pick. Yeah, I haven't thought about her in a long time. Mm. Yeah, I had it bad for her and Casper. <laughs> bad. <What> you... <laughs> I had a bad for Casper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Jack, we are back to you, seats. sir. Uh, <laughs> this one will take explanation a little bit. Lisa Simpson. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> not, what? Not regular. What? <laughs> like in the flash forward future, Lisa Simpson, when she's all grown up. Okay. Oh, well, that's totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not weird at all. Now, now that you had a lead with that. I don't know if I could get past the hair and the jaundice skin. Well, <laughs> if I, maybe it would the overbite. Up, yeah, the overbite. <laughs> Being around her, you'd probably get the same jaundice skin too. So I guess it just kind of. <laughs> if you're if you're in that world with her, you're jaundiced yeah, too, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I can agree with you on that, but I can ha I can come halfway with you. Because one of my list Art? things here, no, fuck no. One of my things on my list here. Well, my shorts, asshole. <laughs> one of my picks is a Matt Groening uh, character, Bean from Disenchanted. Oh yeah, I'm right there with you with her too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoy her quite a bit, and she's she's a cute character. She's not jaundiced. Does have the overbite. Mm -hmm. but, uh, what's wrong with a girl with an overbite? Mm -mm. Well, she's got buck teeth. She doesn't have an overbite. Well, she's a graining character. She got an overbite even when she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know why show. old Lisa Simpson, for some reason, I always thought she was like when it flashed forward cute. to her as like a president, uh, like pre President Lisa in that one episode, yeah. or yeah, her just or married being... to Millhouse. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that flash forward because wasn't that like her obese on a couch in a trailer? It's like. <laughs> Fetch, fetch mama my reaching broom or something. <laughs> so I can change the TV. 
that's good shit. That's good shit. <laughs> I just assumed that's the one you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack, you've got a problem. I don't remember what the episodes were <laughs> when she that I've seen that she was older, but for some reason, I don't I know. I know which ones you're talking about. There's one where it flashed forward to her wedding day where Hugh Grant Maybe that's guest what it was, starred. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good episode. Yeah, very okay, good. Okay, I'm with you. I get that. And then there was another one where they were showing uh, her future where she became president and like how Homer and Marge were just kind of pushing themselves into the White House with her and stuff. But it was Maggie fun. was kind of hot, too, with her little, well, I think she had like pink streaks in her hair or something like that. She still never talked. That I don't remember. But I, that's one thing I do remember is when she was an adult, anytime she'd go to talk, somebody interrupted it, her. Yeah, she never did talk never when she was older. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was going to sing at the wedding and they interrupted her. Yes, and they did it in that other episode too, which came much later. They, I love how they uh, keep that gag rule. Yeah, because it'd be so easy just to like get some fucking tart celebrity of the of the time to bring in and be like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, I can't even think of anybody. Billy Eilish. The, I, uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Maggie. Oh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Uh, who are we to? Are we back, back to, to me? You. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's already been said, but Princess Leia. I mean, she's got to be of one course. of course. She's the, she's the number one. Pinnacle. Pentacle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Never been for me. And that's even no? before the gold no. She was a bitch. I couldn't stand it. I really was never in love with her because she was always that entitled snobby bitch. I never liked her four. look like with the buns on the side of her head. I always thought she looked kind of stupid like that, even when I was young. But uh, every other time I've seen her, I thought she was freaking cute. And I, yeah, I, I had a crush on Leia for a long time. Look at all the shit on my <laughs> shelves over here. <laughs> I mean, you know, the first time I had Jedi, my, but, my daughters know. watch uh, Star Wars uh, whenever uh, Lily watches. She was five. And, um, she points something out about Leia at the very end, and it makes so much sense. Leia should have been in an X-wing. She stood around. You 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 create this character that was like very aggressive and very like she took care of herself. She didn't need the boys to save her. She yeah. she uh, she was the one that had to save their skins. And then at the end, you just sideline her. Yeah. She should have been in an X-wing. Yeah, I mean, at the end of uh, Independence Day, if the president can get in a Jeff fighter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. If this was made now, if this was made during the prequels, I mean, Padme was doing all that shit. Padme would have been in an X-wing. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. right. Not as ballsy as her mother, is she? It's a good. It's a good point. I don't know. I just I've always loved that character for all the all the women of Star Wars for some reason, except for Rose. I'm not so much. Oh yeah, yeah. Aside from her, I've always enjoyed uh, enjoyed them. But she's man, I always love that character. Nothing, nothing prolific here. Just. (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> anyway, moving right along, uh, we are back over to either Sean or John. Yeah. Okay. I'm, going to, I'm really going to admit this. Princess Mushroom from the Nintendo cartoon, the original Nintendo cartoon. Princess Peach. Princess Peach. I'm sorry, Princess Peach. Yeah. Yeah. She was super cute, man. I get <laughs> she was it. really fucking cute, man. I get it. She's cute. That mushroom grew. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. She's cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, there's April O'Neil. You're building up to something, oh, Jack. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I just don't see it at all. No, no. I barely remember that cartoon. I well, yeah. I don't. I mean, think she's I, had the same basic look for years. I know. Right? I mean, so I didn't watch a lot of the, the Nintendo yeah, cartoons because I was not a Nintendo fan when I was little. Yeah, we know. Yeah, <laughs> you poor depraved child. Yeah. Sega. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sonic. Don't. Oh, now there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, here's one that I just like popped the, into the my head. I'm going to throw out on the table really quick, and it's not even my pick. This comes back from SNL Wayne and Garth's top ten swing babes uh, list they had, but Betty Rubble. <laughs> Rubble. <laughs> she was four. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Well, yeah. the cartoon. Yes, oh, yes, 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 no, yes, the, yes, yes. Not a uh, Flintstones too. Not not Rosie O'Donnell. Or she was she was in both of them. That, wasn't she? that was bad casting. Yeah, it was. That was very bad. Just because casting. she could Nothing do laugh doesn't mean. I mean, John Betty. Goodman, That's I thought it. was cast perfectly, but yes, and Rick Moranis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But man, like, what are you thinking? 
Just because she can do the Betty Rubble laugh. That's the only reason why she got it. It had to have been. She knew somebody. Yeah. She knew somebody. Had to. <laughs> had to. Who played her in the second one? Wasn't she? Was she only in the second one? Or there she was in the second one? Oh, there yeah. was, it was like a prequel. It was like yeah, Rock they went to Vegas. Vegas. Like yeah. them going to Rock Vegas to get married or some shit. But yeah, they did another one with different actors. I don't remember who the Fred was in that one. Yeah. Was it John um, Goodman? For I both? never saw it. I never saw it. Mm-mm. I think it was John Goodman again, but that's too long ago and not something I've repeated in viewing. Yeah. So I couldn't swear to it, but I think it was John Goodman again. I can't imagine. Well, if we're going with that. cartoons, you got to go Jessica Rabbit. Oh. Oh, oh my yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, Jessica now, I remember yeah. uh, there oh, being man. a myth or something that if you were able to pause the VHS at one particular cell, you yes. could see her uh, nude or something. Yes. I don't know. Was that her true? Hole. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was true. Uh, it was something that nobody caught until you could pause it. But in your initial VH, VHS releases, that was true. And they had to change that in later releases. That one's not an urban myth. Really? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently they traced it to just one animator who just thought it was funny and didn't think anybody would ever see it. And he was almost right. Wow. It's also like a fight club thing. I've, I've got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> this i got to see. Man, no, I did not know that. I just thought it was urban myth. Yeah, it's when she's uh, her. It's at the very end when her and Eddie Valiant are hanging from the hook and the, the dip mobiles heading towards them. And, yeah. and, you know, it, little Roger saved him in time. It's during that sequence while she's hanging from the hook. At one point, she's turning. They're, they're dangling on the hook, and she turns towards the camera, and there it is. You, you, boy, you got to pause it. <laughs> Man. He wore out three VCRs doing it. No. <laughs> By the time I found out, I was looking at screen captures on Mr. Skin. Duh. I'll be definitely heading to Google after yeah. we're done here. Yeah. I got to see this. And I think that's a good note to end the Valentine's Day so retro too, yeah. one. Very, very perverted. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we shouldn't it have done that. It couldn't have gone any other way. <laughs> yeah, there was no other way it was going to yeah. go, was there? <laughs> All right. Well, with that behind us, let's turn our attention over again to Sean and John and talk Fuhrer in the Tramp. Gentlemen, thanks again for being back here. And I just got to say, man, we had such a great time with this book last time. I'm excited to talk about all the new upcoming changes uh, with it. But before we do all that, uh, for the new listeners who didn't uh, catch you back on uh, episode 262, can you give them an overview of Fuhrer and the Tramp? So uh, Fuhrer and the Tramp is a, a fant- uh, you know, fantasy retelling of the making of Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, which was his spoof of Adolf Hitler and uh, the rise of the Nazi regime. We sort of reimagine that as um, Charlie Chaplin trying to make this film and Adolf Hitler trying to stop him. And so Charlie and his uh, undercover operative friends, Errol Flynn and Hedy Lamarr, have to try to complete his masterpiece of anti-Nazi propaganda while uh, running around the world being pursued by Nazi assassins. And then a, a handful of other Golden Age Hollywood celebrities like Alfred Hitchcock and uh, like John Pertwee and uh, Chris Christopher, Lee. Christopher Lee, thank you, pop in for cameos. Ian Fleming pops in for a cameo. And uh, fun is had by all, except for Hitler, who has a fucking miserable time. <laughs> I have to agree uh, in saying that uh, fun is had by all because, again, we had a great time uh, reading this book and it left such a freaking impression on me because my experience with it was I had read it maybe two or three days before we did the show. So when I was sitting here talking about it, I was, uh, man, I'm jumping the gun. The book was in black and white. And when I was sitting here talking about it, I think I was describing it or even mentioning Something being in color. In color, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. And, um, man, that left an impression on me because that's... To take on the challenge of a black and white comic is one thing. If you're going to do that, man, you had better do it fucking well. And this is a perfect example of black and white done perfectly because it, it projects color mm-hmm. into your into your imagination without it even being there. So bravo to you guys again on that. And it's even more exciting to see that there actually is going to be a five-part miniseries coming in full color, correct? Correct. Yeah, um... We uh, we're being published by SourcePoint Press, um, and it's going to be uh, released as a five issue miniseries. The first issue comes out in March, 
uh, and it's available in previews now. Uh, you can still order it. There's no uh, FOC on that. Whenever I took the original graphic novel around and talked to store owners, but also talked to different publishers, everybody uh, unanimously said that black and white books sell a tenth of what color books sell. So we decided to color it. Um, and I wanted to retain that uh, that feeling from the black and white. So I, I started by trying to really create that Technicolor look of the 30s. And then by the time oh I really got God. into it. God, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Trying to do that in a, in a comic medium, though, I found some of the um, – I really wanted those colors to pop. I really wanted them to pop like they did in like Robin Hood or in uh, – uh, it's Catch a Thief or any of those uh, Technicolor movies of the, of the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Wizard of um, Oz kind of so, thing, yeah. yeah, Wizard of Oz, yeah, definitely. So That's I actually amazing. looked at a lot of those and used those as like uh, st- took stills of those and used those palettes in order to create <laughs> the colors for the for the book to try to keep it within that um, that milieu. You have just stopped me in my tracks. I've never heard anything like that uh, done before. That is fucking mm-hmm. fantastic. And as well as you did on the black and white medium, I can't imagine how awesome color is going to, uh, man, especially a Technicolor look to this. I'm excited to see this. I'm going to have to get this preview or pre-order, excuse me. But so tell me, how'd you guys get hooked up then with Source Point Press? Because they're no stranger uh, to us. Uh-uh. Uh, we've had them through here and many, many projects under their label through the show. We were nominated for an Eisner last year. And and, so, and some of the process of doing that and also the Kickstarter, we uh, started talking to Andy Schmidt at Comics Experience. And uh, he has he teams up with, uh, and it, just to let your listeners be aware. Okay, so Comics Experience and Andy Schmidt. Andy Schmidt was a uh, editor at Marvel Comics uh, uh, in the mid-2000s. Okay. Are you familiar with Andy? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was an editor at Marvel, and he worked on, like, Civil War uh, in... Annihilation. Annihilation was his big pet project, uh, which led into Guardians of the Galaxy, the revamp of Guardians of the Galaxy. And, uh, you know, he was there for about about a decade and then moved on to do G.I. Joe at Hasbro and stuff like that. But around that time, he started a, uh, uh, a company called Comics Experience where he would do workshops and seminars. But when we first talked to him, uh, we was doing con- uh, uh, consulting with him. So we consulted with him over a couple different projects that we were working on. And uh, we continued that relationship. So by the time we – and then he also he consulted on uh, and edited Fear and the Tramp. So he's credited wow. as an editor on that, and he brought it to SourcePoint. Nice. That, man, what a nice path to SourcePoint, <laughs> right? <really>. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking Yeah, it was. Awesome. Um, I, I don't know how much we, we can actually reveal about this, but I'm, I think I'm going to do it anyway because <laughs> but because I'm just so happy about the way, the, the way that they took care of us. Uh, we ran into some difficulties with the chaplain estate. I really? had originally wow. – yeah, whenever I first uh, started – uh, conceiving of the idea, I uh, hired a. I consulted with a lawyer. I only paid a couple hundred bucks for just an hour, uh, and there was an entertainment lawyer in Hollywood. And I thought I was on pretty good ground because you know Chaplin. A lot of his movies are in the public domain. He's a public character. the The estate, the Chaplin estate, is actually in Switzerland. Uh, so there was a, it, it, and there was a lot of. There's already a precedent of books being made a chaplain that weren't made, or that weren't authorized. <laughs> but by the time our Kickstarter launched, uh, and actually at the end of our Kickstarter, I think we were a little too successful, and so we were kind of hit with a little cease and desist. <laughs> oh wow! And yeah, Andy and well, he, this is what I did not know. And, and, and I can understand maybe if I would have actually retained the lawyer and they went more in depth in an hour, I'm sure the Hollywood lawyer would have done the same thing. Maybe, maybe not. Because they didn't work in trademarks. And a trademark is different than uh, a copyright. Trademarks, that's like McDonald's. That's like Ronald McDonald or Mickey Mouse or the Nike swoosh. You know, they're way more litigious about a trademark than they are about a copyright. And it gives me, it gives a creator way less ground to, to function and work in. Like you don't have the same leeways of uh, working in like, okay, this is a parody or a satire. You don't have all these other things that you have with a copyright that you that you have areas that you can work in. With a trademark, that's a trademarked property. It's like a logo 
Chaplin at that point, the tramp is a logo and I'm just going to lose that case. <laughs> right. Um, it'd, be, it'd be sort of like um, if you, you could make a movie about Walt Disney if you wanted and you could make a movie where Walt Disney was a character. But if you made a movie about Walt Disney and he dressed up like Mickey Mouse the entire time and you called the movie Mickey Mouse, now you have a problem. Um, because, you know, Mickey Mouse is like the Nike swoosh or the Coca-Cola wave. That's a thing that Disney uses to brand and identify their business. And so they're not going to let you mess with that. And it's going to get extra and special protection. So it was the, the inclusion of the tramp in the name and then the inclusion of the tramp character throughout mm. that put us into a, an area where, and I, I, by the way, took one master's level three credit journalism law class thank you very much so i think we were legally in the clear um and, and the lawyer the initial lawyer thought we were but it was one of those things where we well i thought if we changed the title we'd be legally in the clear but it's one of those things of do you really want to take that chance do you really want to fight that do you really want to go to war with the charlie chaplin estate <laughs> when you say you're such a charlie chaplin fan yeah that was one of my big considerations yeah she was like i'm not going to fight the charlie chaplin we I'm not going to fight his heirs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I made this thing because I love the guy and I love what he stood for and what he did. And I love him as an artist and a creator. I'm not going to go and try to fight with his, his heirs. <laughs> and, and there was something that, you know, in the initial days after this happened, when we discussed it and talked about it, there was this sort of like, Oh, that's right. Like these were real people. And Chaplin still has grandchildren who knew him who are alive and, we did this story and we made multiple references to Charlie Chaplin slathering iodine on his dick. And it's like, oh, maybe maybe we should play nice with these people because yeah. maybe we didn't do something very nice. Well, maybe. I thought it was charming, but, you know, yeah, know. as far as those <laughs> things go. <laughs> but w what happened was Andy immediately stepped up with Source Point and they sent a, a, a lawyer, their lawyer to us. Uh, no charge to us with no, like, we weren't... We hadn't signed hadn't anything signed with anything them. There was no commitment or obligation. They just said, you can have our lawyer. Yeah, and he drove down and met me. Uh, he drove, like, an hour and a half to meet with me and sat and talked to me for a, a couple hours. And then he wrote a letter to the chaplain estate, and uh, they worked everything out, and, and they allowed us to finish the Kickstarter. And then on top of that, they made the deal with uh, the chaplain estate and invested in the chaplain or invested in us and took care of that entire issue so that we are, you know, are officially licensed by the chaplain estate. That's something I could not have afforded or done myself. Awesome. Now, as a result, one of the things we had to do was we did have to make some changes to the story that the estate insisted, insisted on before they would give approval. But, um, it's not these aren't they're not major changes they're minor and I like to think it heightens the collectability of the Kickstarter trade paperback yeah. because that now is oh, the last wow. time that version will ever appear. That's so kids jump on eBay. You should have supported the Kickstarter to begin with, but if you didn't, jump on eBay, <laughs> pick it up, then get the new issues as they come out so you can you know spot the differences. And Trust it, me, it's worth it. And the changes too. Uh, I think it's still pretty funny and pretty poignant. I think actually get, we were able to uh, satisfy ourselves and the Chaplain Estate, so that's always a win-win. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed by what we had to do. Yeah, especially being uh, fans, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. what a cool experience! And what, yeah, man, it was. That's incredible. I just thought it was. I, I just thought it was a cool story. I thought I'd share with you guys. Well, not <laughs> only that, but then sure. <laughs> being nominated for an Eisner Award yeah. too. I mean, that had to have been surreal. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay, so that too. I was. I was on my way to my buddy's bachelor party and like we were we were uh we had an airbnb and stuff and it's just gonna be a you know super drunken weekend but that night the first thing we were going to do is uh, go see avengers endgame so we're on the way to that to to you know this awesome you know bachelor party plus also going and seeing avengers the, the premiere of avengers endgame and I look at my email, and Jackie Estrada had sent me an email saying that we were nominated for an Eisner. And I hyperventilated. <laughs> I completely hyperventilated. Uh, wow. And called John. I don't even think I could even get the words out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was honestly scared. Uh, seriously, because when I answer, I mean, I could see it's from Sean. I was in my office at work, and I, I hello, and he's, you know, and I was like, what? And I was, and I seriously thought he was in pain and I was really worried and I was like dude what's going on and then 
when he got it coherently out, we've been nominated for an Eisner. It took a few moments for me to make sense of those words. I'd heard them all before, but in sequence, they they know they didn't register. It was a very strange <laughs> afternoon. And we, we've worked with Dexter for over 10 years, for about 10, 10 years. Yeah, like 2008-ish we started 2008, with So, so like yeah, that. over 10 years. And we, and I talk with this guy like nearly daily on like Messenger, you know, or email, but never talked to him like voice to voice. So I called him for the first time to tell him that. And, uh, you know, got to tell Dexter that, you know, we were nominated for an Eisner. And that was amazing, amazing feeling. And then I got to go see Avengers Endgame. It was just... <laughs> That's cool, man. Win-win. That's a good day. <laughs> that I was just... a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I got to congratulate you guys on all your uh, continuing success. I mean, what a, an amazing project. And I can't encourage our listeners enough to check it out. So should we be pushing them to source uh, sourcepointpress.com then? Yeah, it's listed on SourcePoint. Uh, it's also, uh, like I said, it's in it's in Diamond. It's on uh, page three forty four of the January catalog is the first issue, and uh, that order code is uh, Jan twenty nineteen seventy six. Jan twenty nineteen seventy six, and then the other one is uh, the second issue uh, is February or F- or FEB twenty nineteen eighty five. Both good years. And, you know, if those numbers aren't right, good you, years. You'll, you'll end up with an exciting surprise. So try that. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm sure right. Pre-ordering really, really, this is something that I've learned that I've talked to probably over 300 comic stores. And uh, pre-ordering is very, very helpful and very valuable for uh, uh, independent comics. Like, if you want to pre-order your X-Men or whatever, that doesn't look good whatsoever. They're going to order those regardless. But a lot of indie comics, they're, they're not going to order unless people come in and pre-order them. But right. if somebody pre-orders them and they see that there's some interest, some interest yeah. then they'll order five or ten. So just one pre-order could, could be ten sales. Just one. You, make, small you can make the difference store. with yeah. one pre-order. It's the, it's the God's yeah. honest truth. I'm, I, I'm trying to be funny, but it's the God's honest truth. Well, yeah, the stores, if they happen to get five or ten, then it's on the on the shelf and mm-hmm. someone's going to pick it up and mm-hmm. take a look at it anyway. So yeah. 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 It has real estate. Now. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that it, it's one of my own insecurities I have. I think that I can't sell this idea well enough. I think you have to see it. You have to pick it up and read it and see it and see Dexter's art. And, uh, and I think it's, it, it's not, I think I was able to make something that's actually poignant that actually, has some resonance and characters take, take these characters and make them actually feel real. I'm really happy with what I did here. And I, and I just want people to read it. I don't care if I make any money at this. I'm already, you know, very much in the hole making this thing. I just want people to read it. Right. And read it. They will. You just got to get it to their hands. Give them a little culture for the golden age of Hollywood. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's straight up fun too. I, I I wanted to make something for people that were fans of Chaplin, but also if you weren't, you would still enjoy it. Yeah, and see, that's the boat I was in. I mean, I'm obviously aware of Charlie Chaplin, but I wouldn't ever consider myself like a fan. I don't know anything about him, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed reading this <laughs> book. You know, not knowing much about him, it was just uh, it was just a blast. I enjoyed it so much. I encourage our listeners to check it out. We're going to have links on our uh, social media on Facebook uh, to help direct people over that way. But Sean and John guys, thanks so much for being back here, man. This has been a blast today. Yeah, it always is. Thanks Thanks for having us. We'll do it again in the future too. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And once again, find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. What about you guys? Do you have any Twitter, Instagram uh, handles you want to throw out? Yeah, I'm Fear in the Tramp on Instagram and they can't they won't let me use the name or the word Fuhrer on Facebook it's Adolf and Charlie on Facebook okay <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm at John Judy 15 on Twitter I don't know why you'd want to follow that the I don't do I don't do a lot of social media it's I, I'm antisocial so my social media is just 
kind of there, just kind of lies there and doesn't do anything. You're anti-social media. But if that's your thing, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) You know, if that's what you're into, go right ahead. Very good, very good. Uh, Jack, is there anything I'm forgetting? If you want to catch up on old episodes, or if you're driving around at around 9 a.m. or Eastern time, it's Eastern time, yeah. Find us on the Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network. Yeah, yeah, we are the we are the our syndicate our show is syndicated to a, a nine to ten morning show on mm-hmm. that, that Monday through Friday. Yeah, check us out there if you can't get enough of us here. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, and I think that about does it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm John Judy. And I'm Sean McCurdle. Thanks for listening, everyone. approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! So I I encourage our listeners... What's that? I said thank you. Oh. Means a lot. <laughs> Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.